Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast number 94. And today we are talking with organization maven extraordinaire, Tracy Hoth, all about how to get your facility organized. This is a 5S conversation. And this is also a conversation about the mindset of getting your um Get your stuff in order. So grab a pen and a piece of paper, and you're going to want to sit and think deep during this podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. Thank you so much. Welcome, Tracy, to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. I'm so delighted that you are here. And listeners, I'd like to introduce Tracy Hoth of Simply Squared Away. And Tracy, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us um, tell us all the things. <laughs> okay. First, thanks for having me, Michelle. This is fun. My purpose is to end the struggle of disorganization. So that's my goal. I want to help people um, end that struggle, make decisions, and become the organized person and therefore in their business that they want to be. So I was a professional organizer for 13 years and went into people's homes and offices and some small businesses and helped them get organized. And then the last couple of years, I've added life coaching, life coach certification onto that. And it's really changed how I think. Really, it's been so good. I'm married. I've been married 25 years. I have four kids, 16 to 21. And I do this full-time coaching and helping people become organized. I love that because as we were saying before, like we started, one of the things that my clients um, and my listeners struggle with the most is organization and putting things away and like all of that good, all of that good sort of stuff. So, so tell me what led you to your work in helping people organize their space? Like how did you get where you are? Well, I stayed home with my four kids when they were little and I, would call my friends and say, let's do something. And a lot of them would be saying stuff like, oh, I need to organize. I need to clean. I need to do all this stuff. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I want to, I could tell the need for organization just in a home and in a family and how much it helped you be able to do the things that you want to do if you have systems or processes in place. So I knew I could help people. Um, put those things into place. And so that's kind of how it started. It branched out a little bit more into offices and paper. Paper's huge for most people. And, um, and that's, that's how I started. That's how it, it all started. Even things as little as um, just the power of one or the principle of one thinking differently about having one process or one tool or one item of a certain kind, that whole, just the whole thought process behind how you're going to organize your home and how you organize your family and your business, all of that stuff, I think led me into helping other people do that. 
That's super amazing because let me tell you, the deluge of paperwork <laughs> associated with food production. I have a client who I kid you not gets 60 different pieces of paper across his desk every single day. Yeah. It's overwhelming. <laughs> and think if you're not taught those tools and you don't have those, any system or flow, how much it can keep you stuck. That's really, that is really, yes, I absolutely see that. And so what do you see as like the biggest opportunities? Like what's the impact for a business to develop an organizational system? Well, I think looking at what it's costing you, it's costing you time, it's costing you money, it's costing you the ability to reproduce and run smoothly. And so I think the biggest opportunity is just to have that big picture or the flow of your business so that you save time, save money, and can reproduce or replicate and make more money in your business. So when we talk about flow in food production, like we have what we call them process flow diagrams and things like that. And it's like, you know, we receive stuff and we store stuff and we process stuff and then we package and label it and distribute it. So that's our kind of general process flow diagram. When you're looking at does, uh, this might be a really lame question, but does paperwork have a flow like that? Like I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> yes. There oh my no God. Tell me about that. <laughs> there are no lame questions. Um, yeah. I think of it the same way. So you, and even think of it like a flow chart. So paper comes in, there's different ways that it comes in and then there's places it goes. It either is stored permanently. It's stored temporarily or it's delegated or it's immediately disposed of shred recycle so you have those little flowchart boxes and then from there you go like yeah it's an entire flowchart and the goal is for it to flow into the business or the home and flow out of the business or the home <laughs> so you have to see it i always see it like a river and so you have this river and the water flows smoothly through the river. But if you have a dam where some process is not in place, it's going to get backed up. And so then all your paper backs up right behind that dam. Wow. My, I'm like sitting here, like I can literally see my clients desks that are like, I mean, it's like piled high and we have like, we have deadlines. Like the FDA requires us to, sign off on our paperwork within seven production days. And then we have to store it for the next one, two or three years, kind of depending on what the, on what the food is. And so I'm thinking of these process flow, like this paper process flow diagram that people could now develop. That's so that is so interesting. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to think a lot more <laughs> about that and that, and actually, so, so what are some common, so it feels like that should be kind of doable, right? But what are some common myths about organizing your space or, or organizing your paper? And what are some pitfalls that people like fall into that we might? Uh, well, I think the biggest one is that you're either born organized or not. Mm. 
And really, I think of it like a skill. It's a skill that you can develop. Nobody was born able to ride a bike, but we all learned how to ride a bike. And some people are super good at it and can do tricks on it. And some people are just mediocre. They can get down the road. So, I mean, thinking of it like that, that um, it's a learnable skill. And the other big thing is that people think they should be able to do it on their own. I hear that all the time and examples like two different examples, a, a company hired me because they had hired their secretary and their secretary was no longer there, but they had given her the task of organizing all the files that they had moved from another office. Well, she had never been taught that skill and they were expecting her to be able to do the skill of organizing it. And so just coming in and having someone chart out like your diagram of what's going to happen with paper and files and what are the categories of files was really good. So she, so to expect that we all can do it on our own and should be able to do it on our own, I think is a big myth where you have someone come in, you can get it all done, flow charted out, decided on get the whole team involved or paste a copy of the flow on the file room door or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but that people can't do it. The other example is of that is I have a client, a coaching client who is that person. Like she's in charge in her small business of organizing everything and how it goes. And it's not a skill she was taught. And so we just talked about, well, why don't you have someone come in talk to your boss about having someone come in and with the whole team plan all of that out. And then you would have the skill of carrying it out, but maybe not seeing it as developing the organizing process. I'm like, I'm completely gobsmacked here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, because I really did think you were born organized or not. <laughs> And I will tell you where I am on that spectrum. Uh, <laughs> so what, like, talk me through how do you develop the skill? Like, are there, you know, like, what's something somebody could start with and could start practicing to be, to develop the skill of organizing? Well, as always, it begins in our thought. And so just, it's so interesting to see you say that you thought you were born organized or not. So begin to develop a thought pattern where when you think that, or when it comes up to say, oh, but maybe that's not true. Maybe I can, maybe it's possible that I can develop this skill. So I think you start with the thought, obviously, and practicing that and noticing when it comes up. And then simple things like pick a task that's easy, that, you know, something small that you can accomplish and see the result of, but following simple steps like sorting, just begin to have fun sorting things. <laughs> and that could be paper, that could be, um, you know, playing with your kid and sorting blocks, I mean, or Legos, I mean, just have fun sorting. So you begin to enjoy, because that's the first step of organizing is to sort. And so you can just start having some fun with that. That's completely 
fascinating because I think I was thinking about, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, uh, but uh, we moved offices in, let's see, oh, in mid January. Um, <laughs> the area that you see behind me is clear. <laughs> Nothing else is really all that clear. And we keep doing it a little bit at a time. But I tell you, I look at the, I look at the posters, I look at the workbooks that I have to organize, and I look at that, and my automatic thought is, I'm no good at this. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't realize I had that thought until you said, oh, it all starts in your thoughts. Uh-huh. It's yeah. almost like we're life coaches. <laughs> almost like we need coaching ourselves and, <laughs> and we can be enlightened by things we think are factual. Yeah. That's, so what are some other, so I just have to dive into this because I bet you my, my clients really see this. So what are the common thoughts? So we have common thoughts of... Um, I'm just no good at this, uh, that I should be good at this. I think, mm -hmm. I, I think that a lot of people are like, it's paperwork. I should be good at this. Talk to me a little bit yeah. about some of the common thoughts that people have that are really disempowering when it comes to. Well, some of them too, are, are thoughts about, um, what you should keep. I might need this. I might use this later. This might be useful. Those kinds of things. And I mean, this seems so silly with organizing because you don't think it's related, but the whole feeling and emotion part of it, like I shouldn't feel attached or people believe they're emotionally attached to things. Um, and it's the fear or the, the, the feeling they think they're going to experience if they get rid of something. So maybe it would be grief or loss or fear or uncertainty or, you know, all those feelings. So they just keep it and they don't make a decision and clutter is just delayed decisions. And so they're avoiding making a decision, which creates clutter. That's fascinating. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's completely, completely fascinating. So give us, can you give us some examples of what that looks like in like an office situation and what decisions people tend to be avoiding? I think a lot of it is that they don't know. If you had a flow, you would know what to do. So their thought, I don't know what to do. My boss might be mad at me if I do this. Um, what else would there be? Think of an example that you have, like questioning. Well, I think that, so what I see with my clients is, you know, like going into that maintenance department and we have a piece of equipment that like, you don't even make the product anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't make the, you just, you haven't made that product in like five years. And yet, you know, you, five years ago, you spent $10,000 on this piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. And people are paralyzed. Well, what should they do with it? Should they sell it? Or is that the whole point? They're not sure what to do. Or are they using it and trying to maintain it? They are not using it. They are probably not maintaining it. It's sitting in the back okay. of the maintenance shop, like gathering dust. <laughs> And they're, yeah, and, and, and they don't, and they're, and, but like, now that I think about it, they're like kind of paralyzed about those two questions. Should I sell this? And I wonder if it's just thoughts about, I spent so much money on this. Yes. 
Yeah. And to think, to think about, okay, you spent a lot of money on something and it could be a huge machinery piece of machinery, or it could be a piece of clothing that you find in your closet. So you spent a lot of money on it. You didn't waste the money. You won't waste the money getting rid of it or spent the money getting rid of it. You spent the money when you bought it. So it doesn't matter anymore that you spent the money on it. You're not wasting money by getting rid of it. But in that situation, it is, they're not sure. And then even if you were going to sell it, where do you sell it? And what does that entail? And how many phone calls will you have to make? I think the thought there's so much to do. There's so much to figure out. I don't know what to do. I've never sold a piece of machinery like this. Like all of those thoughts Mm -hmm. keep us stuck and keep us just ignoring and creating clutter because we're not making a decision on something. Right. No, that's really very, very true. And I think that how do you, so when people are not making decisions, Mm -hmm. how do you coach them into into a space where they're willing to make a decision? And learning about processing an emotion or feeling an emotion is the first step. And that seems so out there when you're thinking of a business with a piece of machinery, but making decisions requires you to take risks and to not know for sure. And the whole thought about there's a right or wrong decision about what to do with this piece of machinery, um, talking through there's no right or wrong decision. We just get to decide and we will make an appointment when we're going to make the decision, (laughs) you know, like kind of talking through the whole process of making a decision, what that looks like. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, you know, we talk about a four-step decision making process around here, which is, and it only starts with making the decision. And then we calendar that decision. Like we write down what the heck we are going to do. And then you actually have to do it. Right. And then you sort of reflect on or or decide what's next or, or, you know, like figure out what happened and that, and that sort of thing. And I think I, you know, that's really fascinating to look at piles of paper on a table or all sorts of machinery, all sorts of, oh my God, packaging equipment. I go into places where they're like, but I got such a good deal on 10,000 sleeves of like, God knows what. And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't, you haven't produced that product in like two years and the label's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in one of my clients that, that makes me think of her. She thought that she was bad at making decisions. And so the thought of making a big, and then you qualify it as a big decision was really hard. So we spent time looking back on decisions that she made that were amazing. Like it is, but her brain was so centered on she's terrible at decision-making that she hadn't been making them because she just kept finding evidence for how bad she was. And so something as simple as that thought or belief keeps you stuck too. And maybe decision, I'm learning to get better at decision-making or decision-making helps me gather data. Mm -hmm. So I make the decision and I'm going to find some data afterwards instead of 
this is such a big decision and it's going to make or break me and <laughs> it's going to be right or wrong and have terrible consequences. Well, no, you're just going to get some data after you make the decision. I love that so much. That's so amazing. And so, so for a lot of my listeners, they're either at the beginning of their entrepreneurship journey or they're at some sort of inflection point in their entrepreneurship journey. And what advice would you give them around organization and, um, and, and really creating the business that they want? Because I don't think anybody goes into business saying, wow, I really can't wait till I have piles of paper on my desk. <laughs> I, and this has been coming up a lot in my own life and in my own coaching and things I'm finding is that it's not one or the other. You don't, you're not like, you don't have to be, you're not successful only when you become amazing at being organized you know, you can have both, like you can be in the process of getting organized and learning the skill and be successful at the same time. What I'm just finding a lot is I, I think it's pretty factual that if I'm going to be successful, I have to be amazing at time management. Well, no, I can have both. I can be learning to be better at time management and be successful. So it's to, to watch yourself with the one or the other type of thinking. And I've just, it's been in my own life coming up probably five times on five different subjects in the last two months. And so I've been seeing that in my clients as well. Sure. I think that is, I wonder, I really truly wonder because I, I just had this thought while we, while you were talking is, is I don't see myself as successful um, because I, I am not as organized as I want to be. Right. And because somebody, a successful CEO, she's like, she is organized. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have those same thoughts about time management. And yet if someone else looked at you, they would think that they wouldn't even know that you had those thoughts. Or if someone else looked at me, they wouldn't know that I sometimes think I'm not organized you know? And so, yeah, we all have those thoughts. And so we can be successful and we can be learning a skill. Uh, so I just want to throw this out here for all of my people that are in your quality assurance department. You can be successful at quality assurance and learning the skill of organizing all of the paper. Yes. Like that's completely mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's learning. You're learning. So you're going to fail and you're going to succeed and you're going to try again each day and get better and better. So make sure you celebrate those wins that you've had and those accomplishments along the journey. That's so, that's so true. And what we talk around, about around here is developing the capability, you know? And so we're developing like in the QA example, nobody expects anybody at the beginning of their QA career to understand all the acronyms, uh, right? And all the, all the different limits and labels and all the things that we have to do. Uh -huh. But yet I think with organization, I think there's this like innate assumption that again, like what you said, you're either organized or you're not organized and it's not a learnable skill. Right. And that you think you should be. 
Right. Automatically. Right. And all of that like wraps up in this morass of like indecision and never being able to get, Mm -hmm. never being able to get anything done and just leaving it all to pile up. That is completely, I'm going to spend so much time thinking about this. (laughs) Oh my word. Uh, It could be so exciting. (laughs) Right. Right. So, okay. So then where, so where, what have you found that's really helpful? Like what resources have really helped you in your journey of becoming like an organization professional and, and, and that sort of thing? Well, first coaching, it's been the most mind blowing thing. And so having my own coach, learning to coach, helping other people think through um, what their beliefs are, how they're keeping them stuck and how they can move forward, how they can find the motivation. We all kind of know a little bit of what it takes, but why don't we do it? And so that's where coaching comes in to learn about that. Um, The other thing is support, like having a group of colleagues to support you through that. Um, I have a course and having the support of the other people go through the course at the same time, knowing you're all working on something. And it may not be the exact same thing, but to have that support and what's that word? Like the commonality that you all can relate to each other and that you have challenges and you're learning to overcome them. That's yeah, that's super interesting because that's how we do food safety. Like I say food safety is a team sport because there's no way any one person could know all of the things that we need. As much as I know, I still don't know it all, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's really fascinating to think of organization and maybe like even an organizational journey. Yes. Of a company. Uh-huh. Like I've never thought of it that way, but maybe that we're just so, so maybe we just have people who are at the beginning of their organizational journey and are just, you know, and, and can just adapt a beginner's mind. And, and, and to see those people as beginning the journey, but also to have the support there. And what does that look like? I mean, how can they be helped in that journey? What do they need? What could we set up to help them training wise? Right. Right. So that's, I love that so much. Uh, That is so what, like, so as we, as we get, as we get through here, what would you say is the most common reason for people failing or just flat giving up on being organized? Well, of course it's your thinking. (laughs) And I always, I like to think of this example. My daughter's a swimmer and she was getting more training in swimming. And we were talking about, there's four strokes in swimming. And so we were talking about, um, she's really good at two of them, but one of them hadn't improved in a long time. And so we were talking to her coach thinking, maybe we need to give up on that one and move to the other one and just really focus on that. And, uh, she said, 
well, the very next swim meet, she swam that one stroke and did amazing. She had dropped so much time. So I think you never know when you're going to reach a milestone. So don't give up. I mean, realize it's a journey, realize that you're, you're going to hit obstacles, you're going to hit plateaus, but just keep going in it. And, and yeah, celebrate, I guess the, the accomplishments at those points. I think that makes a little, I, I love that. I think it makes a lot of sense. And just, it, it almost, it almost reminds me of the infinite game. Have you read that book? No, I'll need to write it down. Simon, yeah. Simon Sinek. He also wrote, um, start with uh, leaders eat last. And I think start with why, um, but he's a, he's a, like a journalist and the infinite game. And what you're talking about is like approaching organization as an infinite game. Huh? And that it's something that's never done. It's a process and you keep having things move through the process and you keep getting better at, yeah. better at the process and, and, and you can get better at the process and it's worth it to get better at the process. Right. Yes. You're going to save time, save money, all of those things that the value of being organized. That's super, yeah. super interesting. I love that. Okay. So if people want to learn more or get in touch with you or otherwise, um, or otherwise, uh, find out more about getting more organized and you and all that sort of stuff, where do they go? <laughs> Simply squared away.com. They can go to my website. I'm on Instagram, Tracy Hoth. Um, Twitter is Tracy Hoth, Facebook, Simply Squared Away. So yeah, they go to my website. If they're interested in finding out more about learning how to become an organized person, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching so they can sign up for a consult with me to find out, you know, what that would look like for them. That's amazing. I love that so much. Thank you so much. There has been like... Oh my God, I'm going to have to go back and like, I said this in the last interview I did. I'm like, that was like the most amazing half hour I've ever had. Um, this is, I, I'm completely blown away. Uh, there's so much gold in here about organization and how I like approach organization in my own house. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.